Welcome back to Podcast 74 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Oddsbreakers and follow us on social media slash The Oddsbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by this season. For the best contest in all sports going on all year long, please check out www.thesznn.com slash OB and play for thousands of dollars with people across the world. If you'd like to support the Icebreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theicebreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any for winning cappers. You get their premium plays for the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Icebreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. We have a great show for you today. I am actually going solo to discuss the NFL. Didn't have a lot of time to try to get a guest. I'm going to at least do one guest a week, whether it's college or NFL, and sometimes two guests for those shows. But before I do the NFL, I'm going to go over just a few things, a couple records that we have in the NFL. Doing pretty well uh, from a teaser perspective. I wish I was doing better. I mean, our refuse to lose teaser that I give out here every single week is four in one. So I'm very happy about that. Our uh, teasers in general are six and four, so still profitable, but uh, just not quite as good as four and one. Hopefully, uh, you know, that number keeps climbing as well. Uh, TikTok props 10 in O. We have one pending for Thursday night. So by the time you get this show, it's already going to pass. I'm hoping to hit the Mahomes passing yards under 272.5. Just think with the wind, it might be very hard to pass. And they shouldn't need to pass to beat the Denver Broncos. Broncos, that was just a terrible run defense. So I assume that they're going to attack on the ground really more than in the air. Uh, we'll see what happens, but um, I've been fortunate in that, and that's obviously a streak that can't continue. But as long as I finish well, I'm really hoping to be profitable here from our TikTok props. As far as our college football, we're a bit down in college, and I'm going to pull up my stats right now for that. 39 for 40 in two pushes, down 8.84 units. Uh, but for the NFL, we are 38 and 26, up 11.5 units, including the teasers. And uh, no, actually, I'm a little bit better. I didn't include the parlay. So up about 13 or 14 units in the NFL. So uh, NFL kind of holding strong, but we do have a lot of plays in college football this week. Got on some early plays based on weather and hoping to have a great Saturday as well as a little UFC that I like to sprinkle in as well. All right, well then let's get into some NFL Week 6. Now, obviously the Thursday night game has passed, so let's move right into the slate for Sunday. The Baltimore Ravens are 
against the Tennessee Titans. And I say against because this game is going to be played in London. So get your fantasy football done by Saturday night. Do not want to risk sleeping in on Sunday. It's happened to all of us. Let's admit it. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a interesting game because Baltimore went out there early. Uh, I think they left on Monday. And Tennessee is flying out tonight, basically, or Thursday night. I believe they're taking a red eye out there, which I do not like. I like the preparation side much more on Baltimore. It's still unfamiliar territory, though. And Baltimore certainly knows how to choke up a bunch of great plays, uh, great drives. At least it happened against the Steelers. They did really well against Cleveland. It's just so hard to predict what's going on with Baltimore. Tennessee's actually... Somewhat solid against the run, allowing only 3.6 yards per rush. Uh, Baltimore does the same, but Tennessee's weakness is against a pass, 7.4. So uh, people are attacking Baltimore passing props. Just the fact that this game in London makes me worry a little bit about that. I, I guess Tennessee's also a little bit banged up at their nose tackle position. Let me pull up the information right now. Uh, it looks like Jeffrey Simmons is questionable. Uh, and uh, Tyre Tart is questionable, so I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, it, I would say that it'd be much better if Baltimore can attack this team both ways because you're looking at a neutral site past the key of three with two teams that aren't that far away from each other. I don't have Tennessee as my worst team by any measure. I think I, I'll even pull up my power numbers. I have a Baltimore ranked number 11th, and I'm actually lower on the market than Baltimore, and I have Tennessee ranked number 22nd. You know, So they're kind of in that middle echelon here, and you're going past three points. So you have to have a pretty good reason to go past the four, in my opinion. Uh, Baltimore still has those injuries on the wide receiver, so Trey Flowers is going to be targeted a lot, and so is their tight end, Mark Andrews. And that's the way that they could possibly finish this game out. Both teams here are coming off a loss. No added or decreased motivation. I mean, my pure numbers are Baltimore minus 4.586. Uh, with a, it's, I actually have a pretty low total on this game at 36.7. So uh, I guess I would lean to the under 41.5. But just in general, that's a pretty low number in the NFL. And lots of different things can happen. As you saw last week in the second half, there, a bunch of scoring started happening, which screwed up the second half under, almost hit the full game on uh, over instead of the under uh, in the Jaguars versus the Bills. So probably not going to mess with the under. I'm going to lean to the under in this game. Next game, you have the Niners versus the Browns, and this number just keeps on climbing. Minus eight now for the Niners. It's really looking like the Browns, Deshaun Watson's not going to play. Very curious what's going on with him because he almost played a couple weeks ago now they're coming off the bye week well you got to check the weather for this game you got a total of 37.5 if you want to do a generic weather site nflweather.com very simple to do that uh, but this game itself is going to be one most likely on the ground and the Niners have one of the best ground games in all of the land at the Best passing games, too. I mean, the Niners are the best team in all of the land, right? So being in the land, Cleveland, likely rain shower, 17-mile-per-hour winds, there's going to be a lot of running. Now my problem, 
is that the Browns' defense is absolutely fantastic against the run. The Browns are number three in rush EPA, and they've had a pretty decent schedule so far. They only allow 3.2 yards per rush. You know, that's important as well. So do you really want to lay points to a team even with a second-string quarterback in a rainstorm and when it's an away team? Not really. Even with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I still lean the Browns, and that did not work out for me against the Ravens. The Browns were actually favorites against the Ravens with DTR there. Uh, We all thought Shashawn Watson was going to play, though. (laughs) But from that perspective... uh, it's just it's probably a game I kind of want to stay away from. I, I'm not sure if the Browns can move the ball against the Niners either because the San Francisco 49ers only allow 3.7 yards per rush, which is one of the better in the NFL. Plus, you don't have Nick Chubb running the ball, and Ford is banged up, questionable, to play this game. So there's just a lot of back and forth that I don't like. I was hoping that this thing was going to hold out for a while at the six, six and a half, but then it hit seven, seven and a half quickly to eight here, which means that I can't play it now. I didn't want to play on the speculation that uh, Deshaun Watson was out too, because I still think there's a slight chance he plays and this number moves again. But I, I suppose that the fact that there's a lot more volatility with a rookie quarterback like DTR coming in when it comes to a rainy day against a great defense like San Francisco. It, it, it definitely makes me a lot more worried uh, for the Niners or for the Browns here where there would be, could be a fumble, a pick six, or something like that happening in this game. Uh, I can trust Sean Watson more, and I would play this easily at plus seven and a half, plus eight if I knew Deshaun Watson was playing. You also have David Njoku with burns all over his face and hands. Man, he looked bad. I feel bad for him. And Ford, yeah, like I said, limited in practice, so a knee injury. A couple linemen are questionable as well. Joey Bitonio and uh, their center is also day-to-day. I just, I'm going to stay away. I think that the Niners are probably a good teaser candidate if you just get, as soon as you get confirmation that, Watson's out. Next game, we have the Carolina Panthers at the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins is minus 13.5, total of 47.5. This Achin injury, I guess this kind of moved the line a half point or so. I don't know why because they have plenty of speed with Mostert and Jeff Wilson's coming back. I guess what you worry about with Jeff Wilson is the fumble. But Miami's kind of like the Washington Huskies and I say the Washington Huskies and not USC because Washington's Huskies defense is better than USC's yet it's not great you have a Fangio defense that confuses young quarterbacks like Bryce Young he comes with a lot of different blitz packages usually gives you the same look so it's not going to make him nervous when it comes to that but they just come from multiple directions and decide to go different areas of the field it's definitely never the same which I love about Vic Fangio by the way Uh, but that's why this spread is so big. I can see Miami being up 21 points and then uh, give up a touchdown at the end. Uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those situations where you have a de- just a very desperate Carolina team, yet the coach Frank Wright kind of throwing his owner under the bus this week. I think there's a lot of problems there. I think Miami wins this game pretty comfortably, and I think they're probably the best survivor play 
from a wins perspective? Is it the best from a strategy perspective? <laughs> That's up for debate. The question is, what else you got? You know, do you still have San Fran left, and do you trust that in the rain? Uh, do you want to trust Buffalo against their old coach? There's a lot of nuances here when it comes to Survivor, which I find extremely interesting. But uh, I'm still in Survivor. Four out of my ten entries are still alive, so I'm crossing my fingers that I'm doing the right thing for this week. If you want some Survivor advice, I'm always available at OB Kiev on Twitter. All right, Bears versus Vikings, and this went down to plus two and a half. What's funny is that you look at the metrics. The Bears aren't the worst team. They moved the ball against Tampa in Tampa. Tampa proved to be pretty good, especially when Tampa beat New Orleans. It kind of helped the Bears numbers a little bit from an overall efficiency perspective. Uh, And you saw what the Bears did to Washington. Let's face it, they could have been in that Denver game down three points if they didn't throw the pick six at the goal line. So that was weird. But, you know, the Bears definitely shot themselves. Oh, no, sorry, that was the Tampa game they threw the pick six. It was the Denver game that they had dead nuts win and then Fields, another game he blows. But that's the thing. He's just kind of erratic. But you have the Vikings here. Fans are giving up on them. One and four. Now that Justin Jefferson's hurt, it's a, it's a big mess here. While the Bears have extra time to prep. I can see the Bears' offense keeping them in this game, but this defense is horrible. This number went all the way down from a totals perspective to 43.5. I do not agree with that, and my number is much higher. My number is like 46. Sorry, no, my number is bigger than that. My number is 56 in this game. I mean, that's almost embarrassing, but these are just... These aren't me creating numbers. These are the efficiency metrics being pulled into an algorithm You know that I developed this years ago and been tweaking it over the years. And it comes up towards the end of the year being on a lot of what the market wants. You know, I mean, I have a lot exactly on the lines themselves. I have some off. But looking at the Bears here, these are two over teams, Minnesota Vikings and the Bears. The thing that's keeping it under is everyone's so scared of the wind here. Well, I mean, when you have a running quarterback like Fields and a defense as bad as the Bears, sometimes the wind doesn't really factor in as much, you know. Sometimes that doesn't matter as much. I'm keeping my eye on this a little bit. Unless there's a massive, like, hurricane-type winds, at least over 20 miles per hour, then I understand this. But if that storm leaves by Sunday morning... This is going to be an easy overplay for me. You know, right now Saturday, I can, I got up until one p.m. on Saturday. I see the winds are going to be pretty high, and it's going to be raining, but it's going to probably start dissipating at some point. So keep checking the weather for this game. You might get a massive jump on the over, in my opinion, in this Bears game. Uh, Bears are a great teaser leg, and that will feed on to. Something we're going to talk about at the end of the segment. Seattle versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati minus three, but minus 102 here on uh, Betfred's sports. Total 44.5. Man, it's so hard to trust Cincinnati. And my problem with Cincinnati is that my numbers metrically do not match up with what I believe they really are. And unfortunately, I took a shot with Arizona last week and... I shouldn't have done that. Their secondary just caved that game, and Arizona kind of became Arizona. And I, even though I had a lot of line value, me and the market agreed with me. And 
the number moved all the way down to three. I, bl- I believe I had like four or five points in that game. Uh, you know, Cincinnati covered well. Well, Seattle, from a passing perspective, they ranked 19th in dropback EPA. Kind of in the middle of the pack there. You know, the Bengals rank 13th in dropback EPA against the run. You know, that's where the Bengals have been terrible, only ranking 28th in EPA. While Seattle, better against the run, ranking 7th. But it's all about Joe Burrow, and he sure moved a hell of a lot faster last week. I saw him running the ball than he has in week past. This could be that Cincinnati team kind of just getting better and better, kind of coming on up. Number say Seattle, I don't trust them completely. I think Seattle will keep it close enough, though. Possibly a teaser leg. You're sitting here at the the three. I think that uh, you can get. There's some twos out there, two and a half, threes. You can tease this thing right all the way up to eight and a half, nine points, and that would be completely fine with that. Colts versus Jags. Jaguars laying about minus four total, forty four point five. So I like this game, and this is going to be one of our plays that we're giving out. The Jaguars coming off two awesome games in London. They are a London team, <laughs> and their home field advantage, I think, might be better in London than it is in Jacksonville. But I will say that this is a division game, and the Colts just are much better than I thought coming in. And this whole Anthony Richardson BS, Garner Minshew's better than Anthony Richardson. I'm sorry. Anthony Richardson is much better athlete than Garner Minshew, but Garner Minshew is a better quarterback right now. And the Jags just tend to crap all over themselves when they play football, you know, all, all over themselves. And they just can't keep it right. My numbers have this close to a pick em game. My algorithm, my power ratings have this close to the spread. But I do not trust my power ratings because this is a spot play. Jaguars coming back from London, feeling fat and happy, coming home. This is kind of like one of those plays where baseball team is gone for nine or ten days, comes home and loses. You know, distractions are at home. You know, kids, wives, school, just all kinds of things happen and just take people's off their mindsets from their actual jobs, which is playing football. I mean, this is why I like the Colts. I can see the Jaguars being up and just choking this one away. But I also know that Garner Minshew has a lot of game in him. You know, if you actually look at the numbers, Colts aren't so bad. Let's just look at EPA per play. Colts number 16 in defensive EPA per play. Where are the Jags? Jaguars number 11th in EPA. Not a massive difference there. But from the offensive side of the ball, Colts are number 19th in EPA and the Jaguars are 21st. Looking at some of the older metrics for this game, the Colts are 4.4 yards per rush. Jacksonville is only 3.9. And guess who the Colts got back? Jonathan Taylor. Both teams give about the same rushing yards per attempt, 3.8 for Indy, 3.7 for Jacksonville. Passing yards per attempt, 7.1 for Indy, 7.2 for Jacksonville. And this is a situation where Trevor Lawrence can choke the ball up. I just like the I like the four points. If this would have been two and a half, I'd be teasing this up. You know, I think there's a lot of value at four on the Colts, so we're going to do this one for two stars. Sprinkle that shit. All right, next one. We have the Washington Commanders at the Atlanta Falcons. 
I have a premium play on this one, so I'm not going to talk much about it. But what I will say is, what are you going to trust? You're going to trust the Falcons who can't throw the ball, or are you going to trust the Commanders who like to throw interceptions? <laughs> you know, there's a big hole in the Washington Commanders that you that was very noticeable when they played the Chicago Bears last week. So it wouldn't take so long to see that. And there's also a big hole for Atlanta. If they get behind, they have a hard time catching up. But which one is going to prevail is what you need to think about that. But I made this play early, and I do have a little bit of value on it. Let's move on to the next game. The Saints versus the Texans. Saints minus one, totals 42.5. I'm just going to tell you right now, this is a good line. I metrically have the Texans as a slight favorite here. If I look at the recency, I have the Saints as a big dog because of how bad they looked against a couple teams and how good the Texans have looked. But if you look as the season as a whole, I have Houston favored by about two points. So Houston's not favored. They're a dog by one point, but you're between the threes here. One team's probably going to lose by three. One team's going to win by three. That's how you got to kind of think when it comes to sports betting. I take plus two and a half if I think they're, the team's has a 50% chance of winning or better. That's whenever I take two and a half, okay? So that's how it's played. I personally think that anything can happen this game. I wouldn't be shocked. I think the Saints beat some bad teams. They should have beat the Packers, but the Packers showed pretty bad recently especially the last two weeks against the Raiders and the Lions. No play for me on this. You get a, it, This thing moves up a little bit, and you get plus one and a half. The Texans are probably going to turn into a pretty good teaser leg. Next game, the Patriots versus the Raiders. Minus three, the Raiders are total 41.5. Now, this game's in Vegas. No worry about the wind or the rain in the Dome. And the Raiders are laying points. I cannot bet the Raiders laying points. And I know the Patriots have looked terrible. Somehow they looked pretty good that first week, but they're very banged up. They lost their best defensive players. But this is just a spot for Bill Belichick that he has to get this team up. And I'm not sure he can because I believe that it was more Tom Brady. And I know there's people that still disagree with that. But Belichick is not showing well. And Mac Jones is not showing well. He's said multiple times he's sticking with Mac Jones. It's probably the right call even. I believe that's the right call because I don't think you have much behind him. But this is a bad Patriots team. And the injuries have just, like I said, mounted out. I am just also thinking the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo, they should have lost that game against the Packers. You know, the problem is that and this is something I didn't see when I bet the Packers. The average depth of target and intended air yards for Jordan Love is very high, and the and the Raiders play a cover two dime style type defense, high shell defense, right? And so basically, he was throwing right into the Niners or, or the Raiders defense. Love was so that was just a bad matchup for me, and I should have missed I missed that in my handicap on Monday. So I'm disappointed in myself for that. But what I will say is that the Patriots are able to chop away and get yards if they're not going to be incompetent. I know their defense is bad, but what's it going to take here? 
I don't think that Jimmy G can move the ball all that well, even though he's got some weapons. I really like Josh Jacobs and all, but I mean, the Patriots are still a decent defense. I know that some of these numbers have Judon and everything in it, but they rank 13th in EPA per play. When it comes to rush EPA, the Patriots are 15th. So maybe they can't stop Jacobs or at least slow him down a little bit. But the injury report on the Patriots is just way too long. Too many guys questionable. There's quite a few questionable here with the Raiders. Now you have Belichick against his old offensive coordinator, McDaniels. That's interesting. Um, You also have Belichick's old QB in Garoppolo. I mean, does their motivation to want to beat their old coach factor in? They probably do want to beat their old coach. Uh, But they also had probably a a decent relationship, I would assume. I I don't know that. Um, Is... Is there animosity because of Belichick's grizzly old self? I don't know. But this is more pressure on Belichick, in my opinion, than McDaniels. Even McDaniels is coming off the win as well. So I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to lean to the Raiders, but I am not going to have a play on this game. Eagles-Jets. All right, so I'm going to be honest with you. This was at 7. Now it's back to 6.5. There's certainly going to be some weather, it looks like, in this game. And you know, the brotherly shove is impossible to start stop. They should almost do a brotherly shove on every single play. You think you get three point five yards on every play on the brotherly shove? You know that would be very interesting if they could. But there's a fifty nine degree slight chance of rain showers in New York, fifteen mile per hour winds. You know that we'll see what happens when that comes closer. But the Eagles, I'm fine with them running the ball. The Jets have a good defense. And that's what they've been relying on, really, is their defense. Uh, their dropback success rate isn't quite as good at 48%, uh, ranking 21st in the league. Their dropback EPA is 24th in the league, but their rush EPA for the Jets is 5th. So if it does come down to the rain, the Jets have a, uh, a shot, I guess I would say. Let's just pretend it wasn't raining. Uh, I have this game, Philadelphia, literally only minus 3 because Phillies look so bad. So you would think the rain would make me want to bet it, but the problem I have is them losing Elijah Vera Tucker, and they also lost some other offensive linemen, and they're already bad on the offensive line, and that's where the Eagles can absolutely feast. The matchup, the defensive line for the Eagles is just absolutely massive. You're going to have guys like Hassan Reddick just steaming through, right, blitzing. Josh Sweat, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, the best three techniques probably in the game literally right here on this team there's also Quinn and Williams and a couple guys obviously on the Jets that are awesome too but I mean this Eagles team is fantastic I know they're a little weak on linebacker losing to Kobe Dean and Sean Bradley but Zach Cunningham's been playing a little bit better lately Darius Slay and Justin Evans is questionable I mean we'll see what destination they get before this game but right now I I Played the Jets, I played the Eagles back. I had buyer's remorse, so I'm going to give up the juice on that, but I will do that from time to time. This is the first time I had to do that this year. But this is bouncing back and forth, and nothing would surprise me here. I think it's probably a good number based upon the matchup advantage for the Eagles. And Zach Wilson coming off a big win in Denver, protecting their quarterback, or their coach, I mean, I should say, protecting Hackett that got dissed by Sean Payton, probably a pretty big letdown spot for the Jets. Cardinals versus Rams, six and a half, seven you can get right now in the Cardinals. 
plus six and a half, that is, uh, total 49. I took a bad number at six on this when it opened. You know, the Rams have shown well, and I give them props for that, but I think the Cardinals are a little bit better than people think, and yes, I'm trying with the Cardinals again. I don't think the Rams have a great home field advantage. This is a <sighs> divisional game. My numbers just do not line up here with the Rams. Now, is Cooper Cup going to be worth three or four points? You know, because that's really what it would take here. Uh, I have the Rams favored by four points here in this situation. So I think that the Cardinals have a decent enough running game to make up for Connor. And that's another reason why this thing dropped was the Connor injury going from six to six and a half and then to seven. I think that Josh Dobbs is a adequate quarterback and they do have some weapons here. Marquise Brown has been a good receiver for them, uh, probably the go-to receiver. And then you obviously have Rondale Moore on the other side there doing some things. They're getting back a guard in Dennis Daly that was on IR. He's going to be returning this week. So the Rams have a little edge on offense and even a little bit bigger of an edge on defense but if Gannon plays his cards right them rushing at 5.5 yards per attempt if they can use that tandem of two or three running backs could actually make some progress in this game against a team that's just average against the run giving up about 4.3 yards per attempt in the Rams you have to remember the Rams have some stars but they're also very thin uh, in other positions believe it or not there's really no net yard per play advantage for either team. Uh, the Rams are minus 0.1. The Cardinals are straight up even at 5.8 yards per play. Both of these teams have some of the similar opponents. They both played Cincinnati. Now the Rams only lost by three to them. But uh, the Cardinals lost, obviously, last week by getting in a bad situation, throwing that pick six. Uh, making it a 14-point loss rather than like a 7-point loss. And that was at the goal line. You know, that was a pretty bad swing for them. It was at their own goal line, though. But uh, against San Francisco, you know that McVay kicked that field goal at the end to make it a 10-point game, a 7-point game out of 10-point game. And uh, the, the Cardinals moved the ball very well against San Fran, but just couldn't do it in the red zone and lost 35-16. to 16. You know, Rams definitely had the harder schedule, but... Uh, some of the same opponents in there and uh, Arizona did beat Dallas and came up in a big spot and uh, they have probably a better win you know the the Rams wins are against at Indianapolis by six points that was a closer game as well and uh, they ended up beating Seattle on game one which you can almost kind of throw out so I just think six seven points is too much for this situation I see a three-point game here I think Josh Jobs can keep them in with some of the uh, playmakers on offense, especially when it comes to the receivers. And don't forget Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz can have himself a beast of a game. Let's take the Cardinals here at the plus six and a half, plus seven. We'll grade it at plus six and a half for two stars. Next game, the Detroit Lions at the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks are plus three. The total is 42. So this game is interesting because... The Lions were three and a half, back down to three, three and a half, back down to three. Now you're kind of getting a juice three here. But 
what I've learned about the Lions since last year, and I, of course, I bucked this last week and I laid the points with the Lions. I wish I played them in the contest too. They're not a great team to lay points with. And now you're in Tampa coming off a bye and you're laying over three points. Not a great position to be in when you're a Lions fan. Um, the Lions are getting Jamison Williams back, so that's great for them. They are a little bit beat up, uh, probably less than most teams, I would say. But C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, went on IR, their safety. Uh, Khalil Dorsey, a cornerback, um, is actually coming back. So I guess that's good. Uh, but Jonah Jackson, guard, offensive tackle Taylor Decker is questionable. Amon Ryan, Ron St. Brown is also questionable and he practiced from a limited capacity he's their best receiver right now Jameer Gibbs the guy behind Montgomery is also questionable and if Jameer Gibbs can't run against Tampa that worries me a little bit you know Tampa's got a pretty good rush defense and they were better in the past they're ranked 14th right now but they have Vitavea really likes to stop the run right there so I'm concerned for this spread I'm not saying that I'm high on Tampa Tampa went blitzed New Orleans a couple weeks ago and uh you know that they're coming off the bye and everything and uh they're kind of sneaky good right now they're I wouldn't say sneaky good they're sneaky overlooked teams think they're bad but they're actually semi good now my numbers have Tampa covering this spread and only losing by about two points but then again my problem is Baker Mayfield, and the Tampa Bay is one of the worst rushing teams in the land, only 3.0 yards per attempt. And if they can't establish a run, you're putting the ball in Baker's hands against a pretty good defense in the Detroit. And when I say pretty good, they're definitely better than they were last year. But are they trustworthy to be laying road chalk off a semi-meddling team like Tampa? I, I don't know. It's probably a good number at the three, three and a half, in my opinion, and that's kind of where I leave things alone. Um, I've heard some people have some pretty big opinions on Tampa covering this spread, and I've had some people have some big opinions on Detroit covering this spread. My number is Detroit minus three at Tampa. Not even going to mess with it. Jared Goff has been the best quarterback in the NFC North. This Detroit team is better than they were last year even. Uh, one of the better teams around. Just an interesting spot for Detroit coming off a big win, going to Tampa, where I don't love to uh, cut, uh, bet the favorite. So going to just kind of pass on this game. But I do understand the love for Detroit from the league. And I think I have Detroit as my fifth best team in the league right now. I have San Fran, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Miami, Detroit. I have them ahead of Buffalo, believe it or not. Buffalo's an injured team. Speaking of Buffalo, they're the next game we're going to cover. The Giants plus 14 and a half. The Bills laying chalk at home, total 44.5. Now, I have a premium play on this one as well, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. What I will say is the Giants are very beat up. It looks like Daniel Jones probably won't play, and it's going to be Tyrod Taylor, but you have to think to yourself, is that really a downgrade? It, it, I mean, was Gardner Minshew a downgrade to Anthony Richardson in some people's minds? That's what you got to figure out here. And you also got to find out who's all playing for the Giants. This is a massive spread. And Tony Dayball was the offensive coordinator for a few years with the Bills. They like him. You know, that team likes him. Do, does McDermott want to embarrass Dayball? There's a lot of questions in this game that you have to run through your head. The Bills coming off a bad loss. So do they want to kind of get back? I have my own angles on this. 
and uh, I'm making a play on it. But this is for you to decide because this has all kinds of wonder to it, and it's a primetime game. But guess what? Check the weather. Check, check the weather. Because the weather will factor into this game, most likely, being that they're calling for light, likely rain showers, 44 degrees, 9-mile-per-hour nine winds. If this is going to be a rainy game, do you ever want to be laying massive points? And finally, the Dallas Cowboys at the Chargers. Chargers are plus 2, total is 50.5. McCarthy has not went home yet. He slept at Dallas, and that's the big media story right now coming up. I mean, is that going to matter? I just don't like Dak Prescott in these kind of games. He tends to just beat up the children of the poor, and then when he steps up in competition against a team that's going to you know, try to come up big, they really end up faltering. If you just take my numbers for the whole season, uh, I like I like Dallas in this game, laying points even. I would lay – I have Dallas minus five. If you have them in this a short term, just the last three games, I like the Chargers laying five points. I mean, that's how different Dallas has been from the way they started versus uh, how they're doing right now. Another problem with Dallas is not only did they lose Trayvon Diggs, their second-best defender, their third-best defender, and Leighton Vander Esch is also out as well. So they have some very – Big injuries, safety Donovan Wilson, a little bit uh, questionable, and C.J. Goodwin is doubtful, uh, torn pectoral uh, cornerback here against the Niners. So even though you know they're studying and wondering what went wrong, you have a Chargers team that's a pretty good Chargers team. They tend to choke at the end of lots of games, but uh, they're going to be in it to win it in this situation as well. And to be honest with you, I'm pretty close to the spread. I have Dallas minus 1.5 points on this. But, you know, is Eckler playing? I don't know. Says he's 99% certain he'll play, but it's hard to go by that. I've heard that before from people, and it's been complete BS. Derwin James, their safety, I have questions about him playing. Is Leonard, their cornerback, slot corner, going to be playing? Joey Bosa is questionable. I, I, Justin Herbert's even questionable because of that middle finger. So the Chargers also have some serious issues coming in. Uh, JT Woods, their safety, is also out um, dealing with some sort of medical condition. He's not a big safety there or anything. But Corey Lindsley, they lost Lindsay Lindsley last game, and uh, that's really that's really bad because uh, no, it's two games ago. So that's that's bad for them because Lindsley was a very good center. So that kind of throw things off. And you can't forget the Mike Williams injury that happened also uh, three weeks ago. The good news is that the Chargers are coming off the bye, so you probably got to give them a little bit of love for that situation. I'm going to wait and monitor these injuries on both sides of the ball and probably make a decision later. I don't need to rush into this one. But what I will say is I think that char- the Chargers are probably very close power rating-wise to the uh to the Cowboys right now after what we've seen with Dallas and uh, some of the players that they lost. I think that's uh, pretty serious for them. Um, I I have these teams very equal. Uh, I'm going to be just interested to uh, see, like I said, what's going on with the injury report. So uh, from that, just to give you a real recap, our official plays are going to be the Colts plus four for two stars and the Cardinals plus 6.5 for two stars. Now it's time for our refuse to lose teaser that is four in one in this podcast. And what we're going to do 
is go with the Bears all the way up to eight and a half. I think the Bears could possibly win this game outright. The Vikings are in some serious trouble. Their fans are talking about they don't want them to win. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. I think the team still tries to win, but this is Kirk Cousins on the road here. Uh, you know, Teasing it makes sense. I can see the Bears losing by a few points, but I also see the Bears kind of growing here because the Bears are getting a lot of guys back you know, from injury. You know, they got their big lineman back last week in Tevin Jenkins. It looks like Eddie Jackson's going to be coming back. It looks like Jalen Johnson's coming back. You know, you have Tyreek Stevenson at corner now. Uh, they got a little bit better on their secondary. So that could screw up Kirk Cousins if he doesn't have that much of a consistency with K.J. Osborne, right, with the rookie wide receiver Addison. You know, it's not like Jefferson's there and he has that familiarity with where these receivers are going to be. So, yeah, I'm very concerned with the Vikings in this position. Um, the Bears have Cole Komet playing. Equimus St. Brown is questionable. But look at how good DJ Moore is, the Offensive Player of the Week. They're not going to have Khalil Herbert, but, man, Dante Foreman, fantastic running back that was a healthy scratch over the past few weeks. And you have Roshan Johnson there from Texas, who's been a fantastic uh, backup running back that could possibly start on some teams. I mean, Fields can completely give this game away. Don't get me wrong. But I'm teasing the Bears, and we're going to find a partner with them in the Seattle Seahawks. My numbers say the Seahawks are going to win this game. I know Cincinnati is probably better than what they started with, but Cincinnati still has some offensive line woes. Seattle is still one of the better teams, ranking seventh in the offensive EPA right now. Uh, Seattle ranks also, believe it or not, uh, 14th in defensive EPA. I was going to say seventh, but I believe that's just in uh, rush EPA. They're, they rank seventh, but 14th in total EPA here. I think that Seattle can keep this game close as well and possibly run all over uh, Cincinnati because Cincinnati, from a defensive side of the ball, Cannot stop the run themselves, ranking 28th and opponent rush EPA. So we're going to tease Seattle up to uh, nine, and we're going to tease the Bears up to eight and a half for three stars. Now it is time for the sharp side of the force. The sharp side of the force is brought to you by Bet Fred Sports for 250 bucks. Worth the free bets, please go to theyazbreakers.com slash betfred. Terms, conditions, and locations apply. All right, sharp money as of Thursday, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Colts, plus 5 to plus 4 at the Jaguars. 79% of the tickets and 98% of the money. Sharp money on the Buccaneers, plus 3.5 down to plus 3, hosting the Lions. 33% of the tickets and 70% of the money. Sharp money on the Rams, minus 6 to minus 7, hosting the Cardinals. 49% of the tickets and 70% of the money. Sharp totals, 49ers versus Browns, under 41.5 to 37.5, 56% of the tickets and 91% of the money. Sharp money on the Lions versus Buccaneers, under 45.5 to 43, 49% of the tickets and 87% of the money. Sharp money on the Cardinals versus Rams, over 45.5 to 48 83% of the tickets and 91% of the money in the sharp money and the Cowboys versus Chargers over 46.5 to 50.5, 88% of the tickets and 96% of the money. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hope you had a great week. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Win all of your bets. If you have any questions, feel free to tweet us at the Oddsbreakers. Email us at info at the Enjoy the games and go get some winners.